Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Weekend Ball Podcast. My name is Alex Adams, and and after we're here live right after Canada loses 86-82 to Japan in a, a somewhat of a do-or-die game, and unfortunately now their hopes are resting on the shoulders of a lot of Spanish women in Hungary, and, and hopefully they can win. So that's when we're recording this, so obviously probably know somewhat of the result by the time this gets out, but I'm really lucky to be joined by someone who knows the women's game really well in this country, Oren Weisfeld. Thanks so much for for taking the time and doing this, even though, uh, you know, it's not maybe the most fun conversation we'll have, but uh, it should be an insightful one. No, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate the kind words. And uh, yeah, a little bit of a disappointing morning for us in Canada. For sure. Uh, hopefully the Spanish pull out the win against Hungary. Unfortunately, they don't have a lot of motivation because they already qualified with uh, the Canada loss. But hey, there's always like FIBA like rankings to play for. You know, it's not like they're just going to completely give up. So, yeah, we'll we'll kind of we'll see it as as we do this pod. I'll be checking up on the score and, and we'll see what happens. Just what do you think really went wrong today? It, it felt as though the defense was really a miss, especially in the first half. Um, their offense got clogged. They got into foul trouble. What were some of the things that you think Canada was just maybe not sharp enough today? Yeah, first of all, I would mention the Spain game because I honestly thought Japan played really well today. Canada played well. They played better than they did against Spain. I think this tournament really comes down to the Spain game, which mm-hmm. was just the worst they played. Um, But in both this game and the Spain game, both their losses, the common theme is definitely defense, right? Like um, Japan shot 54% from two today. Um, And in the Spain game, I'm just going to look it up real quick. In the Spain game, Spain shot, um, okay, not actually as well as I thought they shot, 34%. So... But yeah. it, but it was, I mean, I thought as much of that was just also the offense down the stretch in both those games, right? Like Canada didn't yeah. score in the last was it 440 of the Spain game. And then today they didn't score really down the stretch until kill Alexander. They had those two turnovers. I don't know if one was a travel, but either way, they uh, yeah. you know, really stopped going to Carlton, who had started to play really well in the down the stretch and just some mystifying plays and and not very good offense and I think that's also in tandem with poor defense it almost felt as though their offense was good in the first half but their defense was terrible and then the roles flipped a little bit in the in the second half and just late game situations their their offense just ran in ran in the mud and they couldn't get going and some yeah yeah. and I think I mean, it's it's Captain Obvious to say, but missing Kia Nurse was just so huge. I, I, I really do believe if Nurse plays, they win both those games and can't yeah. the Olympics. No, like you said, both of those games came down to the last five minutes and the clutch time. The reason I bring up the Spain game is because, like, okay, they didn't play as bad uh, D- 
defense as I remembered. Spain only scored like around 60 points. But I think Victor, this whole tournament, had a lot of trouble finding lineups that did both. To your yeah. point of like scoring in the late game, he really favored these defensive lineups with Amahir, uh, Sammy Hill, Pellington even got in the game. But those aren't scorers, right? But then when he put out his like scoring units, the defense was terrible in this tournament. So I think the balance just he could never find it. The starting unit was pretty good in terms of that balance. But in this game, you saw Chanwa and uh, Shay Cauley both um I think foul out or Chanwa didn't foul out, but she had four and, and she had to sit on the bench. So the starting lineup got in trouble. The bench came in. He went to a more defensive minded unit with Sammy Hill and uh, Amy here and they couldn't score. And then there were other times in this tournament where they went to these offensive units and they couldn't defend. So like you said, Kia, you know, she's definitely more of an offensive player at this point yeah. in her career post injury, but she, she's a smart defender. She's a two-way player. So if they had her to that point, like I think they would have been able to find those lineups a lot easier than they did in this tournament. And yeah, um, it just, they couldn't find that balance. And the second thing I would say is like Victor, since he took over, his teams have been known for playing extremely hard and being very organized and just executing on both ends. And it was kind of weird to see them just not execute on either end of the floor in this tournament. Yeah, no, there's multiple times. I I don't want to question uh, effort, but there were was a couple times where, especially in this game, I really noticed where on in transition people weren't tracking back, and they were just discombobulated a lot mm -hmm. of the times. And that goes to the playing really hard all the time, and also the the communication and being well organized. And it didn't, as you mentioned, they really weren't organized. It felt like at all in this tournament, really at. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, in spurts, they had nice runs, but it never really felt as though they were a cohesive unit. And, and I think mm -hmm. that shows the, the fact that they couldn't find a five-woman or five -woman group that really worked well together um, on both sides. And it, it just it's just a real shame because, you know, there's, there's a very good likelihood that we're looking at this team not making the Olympics, and they're ranked fifth in the world right now. And it's it's really a shame, especially with the men's finally breaking through and it, and the women's team has been old reliable for so long. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what you think about this. I talked about it on other shows, but do you feel it's almost uh, the collision of maybe two different age cohorts where there's a lot of young players coming up, but maybe just a bit too young and then the veterans are maybe getting a bit too old and there's not a lot of players in that middle in their prime as there were in, in past cycles well i wouldn't say there's not a lot of players but the ncaa players couldn't go like i know Aaliyah edwards tried to convince uconn to let her go and that wasn't happening so like if you had Aaliyah edwards in this tournament right that's huge then you, yeah it would have been huge and and there's a uh, cassandra prosper there, there's a number of players who are in the ncaa right <laughs> now who really would have played big minutes for this team so i don't know if like they don't have that mm -hmm. age group but just the way that these tournaments are set up is that either yeah it, it's weird like either you're going to get the ncaa players in certain windows or you're not going to get the pros in other windows during the the summer so yeah i wouldn't say like they have a problem in terms of mixing the the age groups from everything i understand like the camaraderie and, and the yeah no environment I... is really well 
Yeah, I didn't mean more as a problem in terms of cohesiveness. I meant more just the fact that some players are at some different points in their careers. And, and you know, it's, you think about like in the NBA, like the timelines, it felt like Yeah. the timelines are a bit at different places. So it wasn't about camaraderie. Um, it was Okay, more okay. about the, the timeline type where you have a lot of 19, 18, 20, 21 year olds, and then a lot of 30 year olds and outside of Carlton <clears throat> and even Kia Nurse. who didn't play they don't have a lot of players that are like 25 24 like established players but also Yeah. you know but maybe that's just my my take you're you're the No, I think that's right in terms of when you look at what they asked the young players to do, they couldn't they couldn't do it. Like yeah for whatever reason the moment was too big for people like Silas Swords who hey, that's fair, she's like 17. Um Ivan Ejim couldn't play in this tournament. Shayna Pellington couldn't really affect uh games. So their bench just did not give them enough. Amma here kind of the same problem she's had for a while is defensively she's great offensively she gets out of her role at times she had that big turnover late in the game like she needs to and and victor talked to me about this before the tournament like he's been stressing the role like setting screens you know rolling to the rim like keeping it simple on offense and and because she has so much talent i think she often um does a little bit too much So, yeah, I think the young people that were asked to play big roles on this team were disappointing largely and couldn't really affect the game. And you mentioned Bridget Carlton earlier. She played 38 minutes tonight. This was also a theme in the Spain game. She's really their only person who can consistently create her own shot. Yeah. And she just got worn out in both games. Like she had a big run in her in both games. And then by the end, they stopped going to her and... I'm watching the game thinking like run something for Bridget. I also think she's just tired Yeah. and she doesn't, she doesn't have the juice to run anything. So yeah, they just didn't have enough like juice overall um, on either end. And I guess you could just say depth is like a better way of saying that. And then that's the thing that you we already talked to is that they don't even have their full roster even available without Alila Edwards. And obviously Nurse was injured, but just even you have Edwards, you think that probably gets you over the line in probably these two games, even just as on the bench or or what wh wherever that she's playing. But she's probably playing what, like 20 minutes a game, give or take. For sure. Right? And that's a huge At least, pool that yeah. Yeah, you could arguably say maybe close to 30, but Yeah. overall, that's a huge loss. And and that's something we don't need to go too big picture, but overall, that is something that's wrong with this format is that not everyone can play, especially in the NCAA. And you look at the men and obviously they have their summers, so no one's technically unavailable, but you know, NBA players and obviously players like to enjoy their summers as well, but Um, it would be nice to for the the women's game to have that ability where it's not just hoping. Uh, but at the same time, obviously the WNBA plays in the summer too, so there is obviously complications. But um, Yeah. it's just it's just tough to see it that way too. Yeah, it's like uh it's this thing, this push and pull that Canada basketball has always had with the NCAA. And I know that Victor, like his main thing is like he wants people to fight like Yvonne Ejim did to like get released and, and to come to these tournaments. And certain schools are more lenient than others for sure, but like You know, in like Spain, for example, um, there's like a clause in all the contracts that if there's a national team window, 
the school or the club has to release you. Mm. Right. And like in Canada, we don't have that kind of structure. And and that's what like Canada basketball wants to fight for. So you have people like Ejum fighting and, and getting released. Cassandra Prosper in November pl- missed games with uh, Notre Dame to play with Canada. But for the most part, whether it's women not pushing hard enough or just schools pushing back too hard, um, they're not getting their best talent for these tournaments. And um, yeah, hopefully in the years to come, they do create a bit of a culture where, and look, if they miss out on the Olympics, I guarantee next Olympic cycle, like there will be a bit of a more push against those universities. Mm. They did not expect to miss this Olympics. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's the thing that changes it for, for Canada and the culture of like getting the best players out. But it is a hard push and pull with the system, for sure. What, what, just to go off that, how big of a disappointment do you think it would be to not make the Olympics? And and how big of, even not just that, but a setback, really, for the program that's been so consistent for so long? It's a setback, for sure, for a number of reasons. One is money. Like, Canada basketball is always fighting for money uh, to support their athletes best they can. And I know when the men qualified through the Olympics, they were relieved that they could set up all these sponsorships ahead of time and get all these deals done. You know, for the women's program, it's, it's going to hurt their pockets if they're not going to the Olympics for sure. Um, but you know, the other is just like practice getting a lot of these young players, especially reps against even Bridget Carlton, who's in her middle of her career, like, reps against the best teams in the world in at the olympic stage like there's literally nothing better you can do for a program is to get those reps in so definitely a huge setback in terms of the disappointment i think like they definitely expected to do better in this tournament um talking to victor and and the girls ahead of time it was a lot of confidence for sure in terms of like we feel good like this is our year like those kind of things we're saying at the same time i know victor would have liked to have more time with the team leading up to this tournament and i also know he would have liked to have all his best players available so when you look at it objectively um it didn't have a ton of time leading up with with at least with all the players like Ivan Ejim for example joined them two days before games yeah and they didn't have all their best players so in that sense um it kind of is what it is I guess do, do you think some of that is just the fact that they weren't you know they took it maybe a bit too lightly this tournament and like everyone named the group the group of death and maybe there's a bit of overconfidence there I don't think they took it too lightly. I just think, again, it goes back to the system. It is what it is in terms of you can only get so much time with these pros during their seasons in Europe. You can only get so much time with these NCAA players. So they're very limited in that sense in terms of the preparation. They did what they could, I know, but like they're just limited by the system in place. In terms of the group of death, they definitely got a bit unlucky with Hungary beating Japan. Like, I didn't watch that game. I don't know if you did, but that was a bit of a shocker. Yeah, yeah, it was. Right. So, so you like, I I thought after they beat Hungary, like, they're kind of in the clear here. But then Hungary beats Japan and it kind of throws a whole wrench into the whole thing. So, yeah, um, a little bit unlucky and a little bit just 
maybe unprepared. Yeah, um, no, compared to these other teams, at least. Yeah, for sure, and and everything seemed to really fall apart, right? And and the way the the Spain game ended, obviously being up late and then boom, falling apart a little bit, and then same here where they didn't really regain the lead in the fourth quarter, but they they cut it back and and tied it a little bit. So overall, just everything went the wrong way, and then the out of town scoreboard was really not kind right even japan beating spain that changes a lot of things even for spain going into or japan going into the hungry game and, mm. and everything so uh it really really hurt them um and there's still a chance at, at the same time right like spain's the better team uh compared to hungry but hungry's a really good team and obviously playing mm. with a, a shot at the olympics on the line I'm, I'm a bit terrified of thinking about that but um, at home right yeah in a very uh, ravorous or uh, just amazing crowd. So, um, but Spain is the better team. So on paper, if Spain plays their players like decent minutes, it, it should be a Spain win. You never know. Um, yeah. Probably match up pretty well against Hungary. And I can see why Hungary, like watching that game was, they were just a really tall team and took advantage of J Japan's small size. And, and that won't be the same case against Spain too. So, um, <laughs> you know fingers crossed but uh it it will be a big setback but uh yeah, yeah it just would have been so nice to see uh the men and women both at the olympics at the same time and both with a chance arguably to get a medal um i'd probably say canada the men's team probably had a better chance slightly but either way obviously this group came forth at the world cup in 2022 was amazing that mm -hmm. um, best ever um placement at a world cup so yeah it's it's pretty heartbreaking and, and i really think for the yeah. women um that like natalie achanwa kayla alexander that's probably the last run and both of them played amazing and shout out to kayla alexander because she was by far canada's best player the whole uh tournament she must have she was averaging 16 and 13 going into the game uh today and i think she had 16 and 14 uh, i need to double check but um she had 16 and 14 i got it right um but just for those two players not to to see the olympics one last time and um Achanwa being a mom now and it just yeah. it been, it, it's going to be tough to to see if that's their last time playing for uh, canada yeah that would yeah like Achanwa. yeah i've been thinking about that kayla's 33 years old as well so you're probably right. And and also like their pipeline of uh, centers in terms of Kayla is kind of limited. Like there's not that clear replacement in terms of that like shot blocking um, five. So again, I don't want to be too pessimistic because like you said, Spain could still win and they could still get in here. But regardless, you know, at this point, if they qualify or not, um, it was just a disappointing tournament. And unlike you said, Kayla was definitely one of the brighter spots. Other than that, I guess Achanwa impressed me a little bit, just given uh, everything she's coming back from and the fact that she hasn't played a lot of basketball recently. She was pretty steady throughout. Other than that, though, like Carlton gave it her all, but she played better at the World Cup, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I, I would and... say. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I thought this was, for the most part, her best game of the tournament by far. Mm -hmm. And they needed that. 
which was nice to see. I was a bit worried after the first quarter where it felt as though they were hanging on for dear life and she wasn't playing well, but she really played so well today. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. But I, I think what you said Yeah. was right. It is. They don't have that center depth as well going forward. And um, those two of Caleb's Alexander and Natalie Chano have been just the faces of this program have shown up literally every time they've could, they could have. And uh, it'll be a big, big loss. Um, I mean, maybe they contin
kind of flourishes and, and takes the leaps that she can with the talent that she has, that could be a huge difference maker for Canada that um, you look at the rest of the roster, you don't really feel like there's going to be this big jump by a player um, to really change the whole dynamic of this team. But with, with her, you could definitely see that more than really anyone else. Yeah. The other people I would point to is uh prosper. She's mm-hmm. only in her second year. She, she went to Notre Dame early, basically did three years of high school. So she's young and I see a ton of potential in her in terms of uh, as a, as a shot creator, mm-hmm. a ball handler. I, I think there's a lot of room to grow there. She's already a big wing who can, who can defend and, and knock down threes. And then coming up through the system, I think like point guard play is a question going yep. forward. Cheyenne Day Wilson is a really interesting one to keep an eye on now at Miami. She's having a good season, but um She's also never played for the senior team, and I think there's a reason for that um, in terms of her decision-making. So mm-hmm. she's one to keep an eye on. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of talent coming up through the system. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to merge those two age groups if it's ever going to, like, work at the highest level. But, um, yeah, like, as disappointing as this result is, I think the future of the program is still in really good hands. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting that you said is the point guard play and and in this tournament you really felt that that they didn't have a lot of creators like not just to Mm -hmm. shop but also to create for others right Mm -hmm. now field struggled well was very turnover prone but didn't create a lot Kali had her moments but you didn't really feel like there was someone facilitating easy baskets really throughout the Mm -hmm. whole tournament and there isn't necessarily that point guard uh coming up and even with Kia Nurse like she's more of a score first Mm -hmm guard than a facilitator so that's something that will be interesting to see because um they don't have that floor general that a lot of other teams have and that's a bit worrisome for the program but it feels as though it really outside of the point guard position maybe the the five they're really set with you know swords as a two they have a bunch of power forwards a couple threes mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but they have a lot of depth in this program at those positions but if they can find someone to play the five and and to be really a point guard going forward that's that might really expedite this you know next step for the program going forward with the younger players yeah no for sure yeah uh is there you know before we i let you go and and the game the spain versus hungry game has started uh it's it's tied early in the first quarter it's 2-2 so i don't think we can really glean much about the game but is there anything else that you'd want to say about just this loss and how, uh, you know, how much it impacts the program? Yeah, I think we covered most, mostly everything, honestly. Um, again, it's disappointing that some of the younger talent couldn't step up in Kia Nurse's absence. Some of the veteran talent um, just kind of did what we expected of them, but didn't didn't really uh, take that leap that they had to. And just a little bit of cohesion was missing in comparison to especially a team like Japan who just looked like they'd been playing together for years and, and knew what they wanted to do and executed it at a really high level. Canada's execution was maybe the worst we've seen since Le Pena took over. So Is that a... Point of criticism just with him like that he you know questions should be raised around his job or i don't think so no like 
because like I said, it's been consistently good. Like it's been consistent execution. It's been consistent. They play really hard. This tournament was the exception to the rule. So I don't think you look to like fire a guy based on an exception as important of the tournament as it is. Yeah. Um, but that's why I bring it up is because it is weird that uh, he, they, they played in a way that kind of looks like they were just thrown together at the last minute. Mm -hmm. When in reality they weren't. The only real thing that happened last minute was um Kiener's going down. Yeah. So yeah, in that sense, it was disappointing. Um, I know they expect better than themselves. They will be disappointed more than we will. Um, but I also think there's enough evidence out there that La Pena is a good coach. Yeah. And so I think I think he should definitely get to see the program through for at least a couple more years. Yeah, and people might not remember just how what happened in, in 2020 or 2021, I guess, and how the, the women really failed and, and flailed out of the uh, of the Olympics, right? And, and losing so early on, not making out of the group stage. And that program, that that with um, the, the old coach, uh, Tomitis, it felt as though the, the program was kind of spinning turning spinning its wheels and not really going forward and and now it feels like at least for for the most part outside of this tournament it really felt as though this team was going in the right direction so um obviously the olympics might be the most important thing to make so not making yeah. that it's definitely an indictment but um that'll be interesting to see is if he continues does he become a little bit on the hot seat um is he the coach for going into 2028 um, a lot of questions to be asked, and um, I know I'll be asking you about them because you're a bit of an insider in that, that regard. So um, thanks so much, Oren, for doing this. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, Spain's up right now by two points. So I'm 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 uh, I'm clamoring to that and saying that Spain will win. And then hopefully when this podcast comes out, uh, we can be happy in that the Olympic the Olympics are still there and uh will be an exciting summer either way for Canada basketball, but thanks so much for, for doing this, Oren. For sure. No, uh, go Spain, do it for Victor, you know, do it for your yeah. boy. Yeah. Uh, thanks for this was fun. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. Is there anything you want to plug before I let you go? Uh, not really. I guess I, I did a couple pieces for this tournament, one on Yvonne Ejim, one on, uh, Letitia Amy here, both at Sportsnet. If people are interested in learning more about those players who will, be a big part of the future of the program for sure. So yeah, you can go read those. Always find me at Twitter at Oren Weisfeld. That's it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Oren. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll see you on the other side.